BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, uh, Pretty Mike here and with me today I have Jules Tower. Jules, tell everyone about you. Oh my goodness, what do we want to know about me? Um, um, I started into this nonsense, I don't even know when, what, 2013? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you the briefing that most people know. I've, I lost a husband and I lost parents quite young. So um, I really want to start living life again and enjoying life and seeing what was out there. So I got into obstacle course racing, just doing it on a whim. I think I started with like a warrior dash and then tried my first Tough Mudder in 2013. And uh, I mean, the rest was history, right? Then you meet mm-hmm. people like Joe Perry and wonder what's wrong with these nuts. Um and then found out about there was more distances to do, like 12 hour ones, 24 hour ones. What is this fun stuff? Um, why do I do this? Uh, because of gratitude. Gratitude for life um, is the biggest thing. And then you see so many people have stories, right? Everybody's got a story out there. And just meeting people and their background and why people are doing this and the love of it and the compassion, it's, it's, it's great. It is. It is. And, and I, I found the same thing. So I yeah. started in 15. But it was with, I started with Spartan and then eventually moved my way into Tough Mudder because I kept looking at all the, the I don't like electric shock. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be shocked. I don't want electric shock, but it is one of, I like it. A lot of people that are like, well, then just don't do the electric shock. And I'm like, but if I'm afraid to do it, then I have to do it. Absolutely. It's just the way my, that's the way my brain is. So it's like, I just won't do a Tough Mudder. And then finally I had one of my friends convince me to finally do it. And then I'm like, okay, I like this. I should have been doing this from the beginning. (laughs) It's funny you say that because I've got two bracelets on right now. I've got World's Toughest Mudder 2016, Mm -hmm. which is one of the bands that had to be taken out of operation. And at the end of it, I made them give me one because of how many times I got shocked through the night and it was atrocious. Mm -hmm. Well, then this year they bring back operation. So I have the one from my last lap, another little band that, uh, because yes, I think Jules, uh, one time around, she didn't get shocked once every other time nice. was nonstop zapped. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and it was, yes, terrifying. Every time I was so scared, but we well, do the it, worst right? part was you, you didn't, you didn't even have to touch the sides. If you just happen to be standing in the water when the person next to you touch the sides yes you were hit so and then of course they would get hit and then you (laughs) would jolt because you were just hit and then you hit it and it's like you just get double zap so it's like yeah i was looking at it like the only time i want to go up there is when nobody else is standing there because i know that's what's going to happen they're going to get hit then i'm going to like jolt and touch the side and then i'm going to get hit and then they're going to it's going to just be like an never-ending like thing just back and forth well don't you feel alive after that though yeah you do it's a toe you're alive i mean because that's one thing a lot of some of the listeners heard this like the first time i did tough mudder i had a good friend of mine who was afraid of the the shocks like i was but i just uh, i i sucked it up and just went for it ran through it got all the way through and then turned around and my friend's just standing on the other side didn't even start and i'm like okay (gasps) fine so i go back i talk to him a little bit like come on come on come on he doesn't go so i go through again but only go about halfway and turn around and so I'm standing in the middle of it, talking to him, like, come on, let's go, let's go. Come on, you can do this. Right. And a lot of people were there. One of my friends was videoing, and you could see my right arm kept twitching. <laughs> and everyone's like, why did your arm keep doing that? And I'm like, because there was a one of the electrodes was running down my arm, but I didn't want to move 
like and freak out because I didn't want my friend to freak out because of the electric shock. So I didn't want him to realize it. So I sat there talking to him and like every time my arm twitched, I was getting shocked. Oh, what is wrong with you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I finally talked to him and he finally came through it. But I was like, that was, you know, it's like talk about, you know, just going for your fear. It's like, okay, yeah, come on, I'll right. help you get through this. But yeah, <laughs> the one that I hate the worst is the crawling one because there's no way to get away from it. You're crawling no. underneath it and you're going to get hit. And this last year I did it, I made the mistake of reaching out and grabbing the frame to pull myself to pull faster. Yes. Well, the frame's you... metal. Mm -hmm. So it was like th 10 times the shock. I like my arm didn't work for like five minutes. I was like, well, that wasn't smart. <laughs> well, no. And, and Mike, I know you don't know me well enough, but I like to have a lot of fun with people on a course, uh, whether it be hip checking or getting them out of my way and you know, some hugs and some, uh, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's a good, good jokes, but it falls back on me all the time talking of electric eel. Cause of course, wasn't I making fun of somebody and not paying attention? I get zapped. Then I laugh. I laugh even harder than I zap myself again. Photographer has nonstop pictures of me getting continually because I couldn't get a control of myself <laughs> laughing so hard, trying to make fun of others. Mind you, they're laughing harder because I'm the one that's getting dinged, right? Taking all the torture from it. But yeah, you gotta have fun. Oh, you got to. And mm -hmm. I think that was the one thing that, you know, when I finally did Tough Mudder that I loved was the fact that it was just the the competition wasn't there. No. There was no competition. It was just fun. It was help. You know, a lot of people don't realize some of those obstacles you can't do. Of course. Without helping people. Yeah. You know, and, and so, I mean, that's one of the things I just loved about Tough Mudder because I just did uh, World's Toughest a couple weekends ago yep. with uh, More Heart Than Scars. So we took Marla. Yes. I'm Neil. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, my legs are still ha unhappy with me at the moment, but um, <laughs> I did find that I did. I mean, I've been doing some running and stuff like that, I, you know, since then, but I, I went to the gym today and went swimming for like half an hour just to loosen, you know, up. loosen up. So at lunch break, instead of going and getting something really bad to eat, I just, I don't go to the gym. Well, little do you know how beautiful was it? I came in behind you when um, our scars was coming through on the last lap. And I was going to go for one more. And I got to actually view that from behind. I tucked off to the side and I, and I watched, which was just beautiful. Yeah. And then I, uh, I was the, the one with the, the flag on that race. I would yes. have the American flag in my head. I actually yeah, had my, very nice. I had the, I had the American flag when we started too. So when all of a sudden, like I was holding it up, you know, doing whatever, cause I had to, they give me the flag for that, right, that lap. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden when they started the national anthem, like everybody, instead of looking at the one flag that was like among the rest of them, everyone turns to me and I'm like, well, this is the most awkward thing I think I've ever no, been involved great. in. <laughs> like, this is weird. Oh, fantastic. So you've done, sounds like you've done a lot of them. You've done a lot of, a lot of the, the, the tough mutters and world's toughest and stuff like that then. Yes. World's toughest. I started the first world's toughest was in 2016. I think the only one I missed was when we had COVID, which was 2020, right? And I believe mm -hmm. we did 2021 still. So we still did the virtual one that year, but not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. 2020 was the first one I was supposed to do. So <laughs> what was the world's toughest was 20, 2020 was the first one. Um, well, and that didn't happen, obviously. So I ended up doing, you know, this year, but yeah. So, so what got you, I mean, what's your favorite part about all this? What do you just love doing more than anything? Oh, harassing people. That's the best. It, it is. I have so much fun with the people out there and we have like, it, and that's what it comes down to the community, right? Mm -hmm. Why do I do 
yes, I love the fact that I can do this, that I'm able to do it. Um, that That's where the gratitude comes in. And the fact that, you know, you can go through these mindsets and what your body is capable of is amazing. But just the community is what draws me back. Why do you keep doing this? You guys are freaking fantastic. Like I had a purple wristband left to, to go by Everest at the end. I saved the ones I was doing for my last lot to make sure I could make it. And sure enough, did the boys not say, don't you dare. You get your ass right up here. We got you. I'm like, no, no, I got there. Like, nope, get up here. So sure enough, didn't I? I've kept that band because they had me up there and I got my hugs and finished off the, the race after Everest, right? And that's what I mean. Like people. Uh, and and those, those guys, the guys at Everest and Matterhorn. Yeah. Are my heroes. I mean. Right? Like, I don't think I could do that. I mean, I get, I'm sure I could, but what they go through and what they do and, and how they motivate us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you go all the way out there and the only, they, they don't, I don't, I think they do one lap right? and then stop there and never move on until the race is over. Yeah. And they're just there to help us get up yeah. and over. And I mean, that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, cause they were there. Yeah. Motorhorn, Everest. And then what was it? The Irish. Oh, the Berlin, the Irish Walls? Berlin Walls. There you go. And then yeah. there's there people there too. Oh yeah. I wouldn't be getting that. No, no, which is just amazing to help everyone get through and make it happen. And, you know, and I, the Everest can be tough because I know, what was it? Two years ago, I broke my rib on Everest oh, because oh, I turned wow. around, I turned around and helped somebody and I didn't lean, I ended up leaning into it yeah. as I pulled them up and my rib just popped and I'm like, well, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> and it was one of those ones too, where you get hurt and you're like, well, I don't think it's that bad. It'll be fine. It'll be good. And the right. very next one, I think, was like Funky Monkey. And I reached up to grab the bar. And the second I started to pull up, I'm like, okay, never nope. mind. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's not right. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, we're always going to endure a little injury here and there, right? We are. We are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you said you started in 2013. I mean, do you do anything? I mean, you said Warrior. You've done, you know, the tough mutters. Uh, yeah, I did Spartans ones? too. I did a, a Ultra Beast. When did I do that in twenty one? And that I was shocked because there was only uh, there was only five gals that finished it, and I happened to be one of them. I never thought I'd finish it, so I was done halfway through twenty five k. I thought this was the first time I thought I'd ever quit a race, and uh, of course had some of the friends there. Right, I said, "Don't you dare! You start walking, just see where you get, see what happens." Yep. Right, and and sure enough, yeah. I think it was like thirteen hours later. Somehow I I got through that finish line and. Uh, Got that beautiful belt buckle. Yeah, yeah. So that was a tough one at Blue Mountain here in Canada. And that, that's yeah. So that that was a proud moment yeah. with that one. Um, yeah. So I do the Spartans as well. Actually, I'm debating on doing a death race. I just got a thing to see if I want to do that in the February, the winter death race. I might do that. So, yeah, you want to Vermont. I mean, oh. you, now that you mentioned it, now it's real. I mean, you know how it is. It's, it's <laughs> the second you say, "Well, I'm thinking about this," and it just went out into the ether, and now it now it's happening. It, it's going to happen. <laughs> It was like one of my friends. I was like, I th I think I might do the the, the Galveston, you know, Ironman. And guess what? I just signed up for. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I was never. I mean, I've always been adventurous, but I was never a runner. I was never. I mean, I was always athletic, but never, never. Uh, you know, no, just your average whatever. Let's go out and have fun and see what we can do. And I mean, here I've landed on the podium the last three years. Age, but no idea. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Yeah, and and I mean, just from having a great time. 
And that's amazing. And that's what I love about this. Cause I'm the same way. I was never a runner. Um, it's like my mom always used to make the joke. The only reason I played baseball instead of the other sports was because I only had to run 90 feet at a time. <laughs> yeah. The only time I ever had to run more than 90 feet was if I hit it, you know, a double. So, yeah. you know, but other than that, I never had to, I was a sprinter and that was it. And I mean, sprint, yeah. like, I mean, literally 90 feet at a time. I did not do anything more than that. I was not a runner. I rode bikes and stuff like that, but just never really ran. Mm-hmm. And then when I started doing Spartan races and stuff like that, my parents were like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, you don't do this. And I'm like, no, this is completely different. It's a whole different animal because you run a little bit and then you do something. Yes. You know, that's why I love it. Because I've done marathons. I've done ran marathons. I've done stuff like that for my birthday. A couple of years ago, I ran my age, um, which let's just say it was more than 40 miles because I'm old. But um, so I ran my age. <laughs> But it was the, the nice part was when I did my age, I did it in laps. I okay. did laps at a at a school and it was on kind of right at my birthday. So all my that was my birthday party. Sounds I know. Anybody who's not a, like doesn't do stuff like this knows I'm thinks I'm sick, but it was my birthday party. I ran loops. And so all my <laughs> friends would show up and they'd do a loop or two with me. And you know, whatever. We had balloons and cake and everything, but I'm right. running loops. And I had what, cool it was 43 that? miles. I ran 43 miles. But I mean, it was just one of those things that I never, if you would have told me years ago, I was going to do that. I'm like, you're out your mind. Absolutely. But it's the challenge of it in the people. If I hadn't had my friends showing up throughout mm-hmm. and all that and encouraging me and running with me, there's no way. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the same way. Like you just said with the ultra, like you get halfway through, you're like, I'm done. This is it. I'm done. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. And then your friends are like, no, no. No, just go out there, start, start going. And the next thing you know, you're crossing that finish line. And I, and I think that's the the best part about this. Yeah. The whole sport is the community. It's like, I always talk about the first time I did a, a trifecta weekend, right? Mm-hmm. all three Spartans in a weekend, because I'm dumb. Um, it was in Hawaii. Oh, nice. I, the beast in Hawaii is a true beast. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd been there for like a week beforehand. And I didn't wear shoes. Like the second I land in Hawaii, my shoes are gone and I forget about them. I don't care about shoes, nothing. So once we get to the race day, I've been hanging around with no shoes, whatever. I go to put my shoes on and my feet are swollen. Oh, no. (laughs) And I can barely get my feet in the shoes and I'm like, oh, crap. But I go anyway. But by the end of the race, I mean, like the next morning, my wife's like, you know, my feet are like like a mummy because she's trying to keep them, you know. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, couldn't even put on my race shoes. So I'm wearing normal, like everyday tennis shoes. And I'm like, okay, whatever, I'm going for it. I did the super and afterwards, I'm like, I can't, my feet hurt so bad. I'm like, I can't move. I can't do this. And my buddy next, like, okay, cool. You know, just stay with me for a minute. Let's talk and everything. And the next thing I know, I'm standing in the starter shoot. Like, wait, what the hell happened? <laughs> He's like, oh, you'll be fine. Just come on, let's go. It's, just, it's a nice little, you know, 5K walk in the woods. I'm like, I yeah. told you I wasn't doing this. And he's like, <laughs> By the time we finish arguing, I'm two miles into it, you know, a, a three mile race. And I'm like, okay, at this point, I guess I might as well just keep going. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah, that's, that's the community. It's just, it's that way where you're just like, all yeah. of a sudden it's like, you know, Hey, let's do this stupid thing. You're like, no, I ain't doing that. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, why am I here? What? what? Pretty sure I said no to this. <laughs> so you're, so you're doing the death race in February? Uh, no, I have not said that. I said, I've got... I can accept the invitation, which I haven't done quite yet, but yes, that might be a possibility. Because that'll be a new one. That's something I haven't done yet. That would be that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I don't it's one like of those things. That... Oh. Yeah. 
That's why I live in that's why I live in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I've lived in Texas for two months. I moved from Seattle because I'm like, okay, it's cold. I don't like this anymore. I'm going to Texas. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go find heat. Yeah. Yeah. This Canadian does not like cold. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, Canadians usually are okay with cold because that's all you get. No, no. I deal with it, obviously. But I mean Atlanta, I did the twenty eighteen. I made it out there for twenty four hours, but I did not like it. Yeah. See, didn't you like the Texas for the twenty four hours? Oh, it was beautiful. Yes. Not even having to put a wetsuit on. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was gorgeous. And I yeah. Yeah, it was gorgeous. And it was so nice for me because now it's like it was two hours from my house. Oh yes. So I'm like, yeah. No. Florida? Are we doing Florida next year? Yeah, I will be. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it uh, with more Heartland cars again as a mm -hmm. as a helper, or if I want to try and do. I, I got a few people trying to convince me I should try for going for solo just to see what I can do. Yeah. But it's one of those for me. It's it, it's a tough toss up because I kind of do want to see what I can do, but also right. if the team needs me, I don't want to. Yes. You know, I don't want to leave the team hanging. So I mean, well, if they then need I'll jump me, in. There you go. Yeah. You go solo. So. I'll come in. There you go. Because that's one thing when you go like I did for this one, um, when you go as the adaptive athlete like helper, yeah. you're only out there with the athlete. If they yeah. take if they take them off, you're done. So you, you whatever they get, you get. So, you know, it's what it's good. I mean, it was good. I mean, it was good to see her get it. I mean, the look on her face when she hit the 25, because okay. she originally okay. said 15. Oh, and you did 30. Right? Yeah. She originally said 15. We had 25 before we even went to before we even stopped for the night. Amazing. So Amazing. we pretty much just got up in the morning and did the five to, because yeah. we had to do, you know, one lap after seven. So, okay. and that was her victory lap with the 25 mile bib. And right. so, yeah, which was amazing to see her do that. <laughs> so how yeah. many miles did you get? If you don't oh, mind me asking this year, how many miles did you get this year? Yeah. Uh, 60, 60 this year. I originally mm -hmm. want, so my best ever has been 65. You, you know, I want that 75. Um, I know I'm capable of 70 and this year I thought oh beautiful it's going to be warm <laughs> got on that course and those penalties <laughs> that quickly went out the window right because I think officially or oh sorry unofficially I did uh, from my watch I did 73 70 almost 74 miles <laughs> and I heard that from a lot of people a lot yeah. of people said that have done previous ones they're like this was not oh, your typical was this was brutal on the the, the penalty laps and everything like that yeah. and that's what killed a lot of people yeah no it was it, that, that they went a little extreme like i agree that they should have upped them a little bit because some of the penalties used to be you know you're almost better off doing the penalty than the obstacle because you were quicker like you watched mm -hmm. i'd be doing the obstacle and you'd watch people the penalty running ahead of me and i thought oh geez but this one went a little too extreme right with the uh the length of them but um because yeah. i mean you just I, I mean someone like me i just can't do those after so long you know you're gonna get funky monkey once by the time they open it and then i just can't get it anymore right yeah and yeah. that's what i was hearing from a lot of people is just some of those the, the penalties that a lot of people went out there with like i'm gonna get this many miles and then after the, like the second or third lap they're oh, like yeah. i'm gonna get this many miles and started dropping them yeah. down because they're like the penalties the penalties were you know some people are saying two and a half to three miles if you had a mile oh, yeah yeah, just crazy. Yeah. So just about everyone I, I saw said, oh, yeah, officially I had 50 miles, but my watch had 60 something, you know. <laughs> so it's like, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Is, so it would be interesting to see how they change that up, what to do about that. But I mean, it was, still, I mean, I still had a great time with it, but it definitely was, uh, oh, yeah. definitely was tough. Yeah. Those mileages went down fast.
They did. It, it's such a blast. I mean, that's one thing if nobody's ever done, I mean, if you've ever done a Tough Mudder, it's blast. Mm-hmm. And I've done Tough Mudder. I've done Tough Mudder Infinity. I haven't done a tough, tougher or toughest mudder. I do no need to do a toughest. That has got to be one of my favorites. Yeah. So that's my next one is to do a toughest. And then I did the world's toughest. And they're all, I mean, I I went into world's toughest, you know, doing infinity and doing stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I have an idea what it is. No, it was completely different than what I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have an idea. You're like, oh, it's a 24-hour event. I've done 24-hour events, but never like this. Mm-hmm. But once you get out there and I mean, the 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 pit crews are amazing yeah you know, and there's just so many so many out there because they're they're cheering everyone even i had people who weren't even part of my pit crew like do you need anything do you need help do you need this and it's like wow you know just how helpful and amazing everybody was you know and just seeing that huge community that's right like that, i never usually have a pit like i don't have a pit with me and i have friends that i know that i'll run with and, and uh, hang it with but i have so many pit crews that help me it's mm-hmm. amazing and I wouldn't be able to do it without them. They come running in. What do you yeah. need? What do you need? And they're not even my pit crew, right? No. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. They're just, hey, what do you need? Do you need this? Do you need water? Do you need? Mm-hmm. And it's just so amazing to see so many people. And people don't realize, too, those pit crews that are out there for 24 hours, the only reason they're out there is to help the athletes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Which is just amazing. It's like, to give up that time. I mean, these people mm-hmm. flying all the way out there doing all of this just to help. Yeah. And that's not easy, especially yeah. when we come in all cranky and fired up, right? And trying to get back out there and giving them a hard time. Mm-hmm. Put up with our nonsense, right? Yeah, that's a, that's exactly. a tough one. Yeah, and we had a great, because for us, really, we only had two, two full-time pit crew. Yeah. And then we had like two, like my wife and one of the other girls were kind of coming in and out. Okay. You know, because my wife didn't stay the whole night. She went home. She went back to the, the hotel and then came back in the morning. Good. Smart but one. we had two that stayed the whole night. And then another one, because we had two people that are part of our team, but they weren't racing with us. They were actually going solo. And okay. one of them was helping them, but also helping us at the same time when she wasn't helping them, she was helping us. So, but there was, I mean, on our crew, we had Marla and then six of us wow. assisting her. So I mean, we really only, only a few people like really, you know, pitting for us, which was amazing. Right. They did an amazing job. So, and like you said, we, you were all cranky coming in because I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're out there doing laps, you're doing all these obstacles, your body's just wrecked. Yeah. It's like, I can remember one of them, we came in and Marla just looked right at uh, Michelle and she's just at soup. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Nothing else, just soup. <laughs> Isn't that the best in the night? Oh, yeah. The cup of noodles or the soup. Yep. Mm. She's just like soup. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was the tacos. The taco truck saved my life. I mean, it was one of those. I'm horrible. I'm horrible about nutrition when I'm on a race. I'm I will forget. I forget food constantly. My wife yells at me all the time because I have like protein pucks, honey waffles, all sorts of stuff in my pack. And when I come back from a race, they're all still in my pack. Oh yeah. No. No, I've learned I haven't touched any of them. I haven't touched any of them because I just forget. It's like she tells me all the time, if it was one of those things, if I was living on my own, I would starve to death because I forget about food. It's just one of those things. If it wasn't for her making food, I'm just like, whatever. It's like my last thought. So when I'm racing, I'm the same way. I never think most of them, if I eat, it's because someone's looking at me like, have you eaten anything yet? Right. No. (laughs) 
funny where your mind goes, eh? Yeah, I completely just don't even think about it. So when we came back from pit, my um, my wife had bought me the tacos, and yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and those tacos from that taco truck were just amazing. So it was like just oh, what I needed to go. But and that's the, I think that's the other thing too is like I wasn't I never thought about all the stuff you would need. Like I brought way too much and then missed like half of the stuff I really needed, like a bunch of stuff I didn't need. And then stuff that I really did. Yeah. I'm like, huh. Didn't even think about like, didn't think I didn't bring a sleeping bag. I didn't bring like a cot, anything like to lay on. Cause I didn't even think about it. Cause the one 24 hour event I did, I don't, I didn't stop. I just went for right. 24 hours. So I never needed any of that stuff with well, this one. We stopped for like four hours and then I'm laying on the ground, basically have my yeah. dry robe like curl wrapped around me trying to like take a nap and I'm like yeah this isn't gonna work <laughs> yeah I guess you don't know like I've never stopped either so I don't bring a lot I bring very little with me minimal but uh yeah I guess you gotta but then again I mean if you don't comes back to community someone's gonna help you out yeah right yeah and that's it so... if you're ever stuck um, well yes. see I think I had the advantage too because I could drive yeah, right. So I could just load up the car and go. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, and that's what I'm thinking about like next year, like a couple of the, the 24 hour events I do are back up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, normally I could just drive to them. So I can load up my freaking Seahawks wagon full of crap and go. And now I'm like, well, now I got to think of what can I get on the plane? Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that. I'm also thinking about, well, my kids are up there. I could just like mail them a package of stuff. There you go. Right. I've, I've thought about it like okay i can just take a bunch of it and box it up and just mail it to the kids and then get it from them when i get there like when they pick me up from the airport bring that yeah. box because i'm gonna need it you know <laughs> but then it's just you know it's that whole different idea of you know now it's somewhere that i have to travel to what can i what can i take because a lot of them depending on the airline they get to get an extra bag you know it's yeah. like i might as well just buy all that crap when i get there at that point <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what you do, right? And that's I put my necessities on my carry-on so that I'm not stuck if they lose it. And no. Wait, 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 and that's what I did the one year that I did. A, I flew down here for an ultra. I flew to Dallas for the ultra two years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I came down, it was one of those like, okay, I threw exact everything, just what I needed into the bag. Yeah. yeah. And then for all the extras that I might need, we like the second we landed, we went to an academy, which is the the sporting good place in texas right and i bought a bucket and a few other things and off we went to the ultra and then once we finished like half that stuff i left the bucket with like half the stuff in the hotel room yeah see i'm like i'm never gonna i don't need the stuff i'm yeah i'm not gonna pay to fly it back so forget yeah. it but no very good yeah. Oh. yeah we learn eh i remember the first year like i said the world's 2016 i think i've had three suitcases full of things and uh, then you realize, yeah, don't even need any of it, right? No, no. And that's it. I think going to the first one was where I got lucky. The first one was right here by my house. So I could put everything in the car and drive. So I think mm -hmm. when I go next year in, to Florida, I'm going to fly. So it's a matter of like, okay, what do I really need? Yeah. You know, it's Florida. Will I need the, need the wetsuit? Probably not. Maybe. You know, I mean, it's small enough I could take that, but am I going to need all the the extra first aid stuff? No, because there's all sorts of crap there. You know, because I'm I teach first aid, so I get all weird on the first aid stuff. Yeah. But it's like they're going to have all of it there, so I don't need that. You know, right. maybe a small first aid kit. That's it. You know, 
my race gear, stuff like that. I mean, I figure I could probably get it in one suitcase right. at this point. Now that oh, I know easy. the essentials. There are a few I things that, that I'm too. How fortunate are we with the orphan tent too, right? Like how yeah. wonderful are they? I never have to use them, but just the fact that they're there is... is... Yeah. And for those listeners that don't know, the orphan tent is basically just a tent for like people who show up with no pit crew. Yeah. And they just, they pit for people who don't have a pit crew. So that's the orphan tent. You don't have a family, well, a family per se. So they, they adopt you. But um, really, if you're there, you have a family. Mm-hmm. Everybody there's your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's just amazing. And the volunteers were amazing. Oh. There's a, there a few of them out there for 24 hours. Yes. Yes. I know. The same volunteer for 24 hours. I'm like, how are you still here? Yeah. 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 They're huge. And one of them, one of them, we're like, well, so what, how much do you get like three, do you get a race, do this race again next year for free? What are you getting? He's like, I don't know. I never asked. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Right. Just donate the time. Encouragement, the hugs and the, oh, And that's what amazes me is it's like the heart in all of this. Like I said, I mean, that was just the, the, that was typical. Like I said, what, what do you get out of this? I don't know. I never asked that question. Well, that's a good point. There's Tough Mudder there, right? Like they, they truly are genuine and want you to do well. Mm-hmm. Like there is no, what's the word? Like animosity. There's no meanness. There's no, um, yes, there's competition. Yes, there's a league. Yes, there's what no. still the elite's going to help you too. They're getting yeah. you up that wall if you can't get up there. And right. They're not leaving you behind. What a what a neat neat race. Well, it's because it's like one of the ones my one of my favorite races on the race, and only because she would stop all the time and give hugs to Marla and all of us as she went by, and she passed us a lot. Yeah. But uh, she was uh, I think number three out of the women. Steph Bland. Stephanie yeah. Bland. Yeah. We called her spicy <laughs> every time she went by because we say, made some comment about her name Bland and she's like, I ain't that bland. So every time she passed us out of that, she became spicy. So we'd like, hey, it's spicy. And she'd give us hugs and everything else. And then all of a sudden you realize later, it's like, she was in third place. Oh, yes. Yeah. But yet she stopped every time to right. give us hugs. Right. And I mean, just the most amazing people. And I mean, it's, and you know, you see it like, I think it was one of the the competition ones a couple of years back where first place turned around and helped second place over a wall. Yeah. You know, you don't see that in any other sport. Mm-mm. But in Tough Mudder, you know, it's it just it's amazing. And that was one thing I will be honest, when they were they were bought out, I was worried yes. that, that that would change. I was too, but it certainly didn't. No, and it didn't. In Tough Mudder, that that has kept going is that whole personality of because nothing against you know the company at the bottom they they, i mean they they have they have a great you know spartan has a great community as well oh absolutely i love spartan races it's just not the same community as tough mudder where i mean tough mudder spartan is a it's a competition kind of help each other occasionally but more of a competition side where tough mudder is everyone's finishing this race You know, one way or another, everyone's going to finish that race. And I mean, that's what amazes me. Mm-hmm. You know, someone gets hurt, someone, something happens, everyone turns around and helps them, yes. picks them up, carries them, does what they need to do. And that is what amazes me in Tough Mudder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. So what's your, what's your next race? What oh, goodness. Well, we're talking the death race now. I honestly don't know yet. Yeah. 
death race, huh? I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, we're Could gonna be. have to talk more about the death race soon. Could be, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll get into uh, probably the Holy Grail again this year, and I don't know. I, I, really I want to do the Holy Grail. Grail. Way too much. Yeah. <laughs> you do what? Yeah. Work, work comes in the way too much of doing what I want to do. It does. It does. That's the, we, oh. we need to find some way to be independently wealthy and be able to do all this. Heavens, yes, oh. I know. I'm playing yeah. with some acting on the side too, so that's fun. Try, try to do. That's always fun. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I only do this stuff because most time until Dawn actually made it like you have to do videos. I had the I have a face for radio, so that's why that's why I went <laughs> for this medium. But. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, it's, I'm looking forward to next year. I, I've been thinking about the Holy Grail. I've never, like I said, I've never done a toughest mutter. I've done infinity and I've done world toughest, but never yeah. in the same year. Well, you so, do it toughest because it's great. Yeah, because this year was a very weird year for me because I moved from Seattle to Texas in the middle of the year. So it was like pretty much everything else besides the move got put on the back burner. Oh, yes. Like I didn't do a race this year until the Dallas like ultra weekend. <laughs> which was like three weekends ago or like, you know, two weekends before, before world toughest. So that was the first race, which usually that would have been like my last race of the year. So, yeah, you know, oh, but, I would. <laughs> so I am looking forward to Houston though. Houston's again, there's going to be a Houston race next year. So I guess it's, they've done it before, I think, but yeah, so that'll go. be a good Houston Spartan race. So mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I hope they bring Whistler back. They keep talking about that. I mean, that's a little far for me, but being Canadian, that's a pretty neat race. So, yeah, because what races? There used to be a lot more races in Canada. Yeah, yeah, not so much. So, And that's been one of the tough ones, like for me, like when I moved out of the Seattle, one of the, my biggest things, and it sounds weird to say this, one of my biggest issues was I don't get a race enough. Yeah. You know, because there was, you know, we had Spartan one weekend and like the next weekend was Tough Mudder. And that was in like August and September. And then after that, then other than that, we got nothing. Right. And Iron Man, when they started going to Seattle, they did it the same weekend. Wow. So you had to choose between Spartan or Iron Man. And I'm like, well, I want to start doing triathlons, but I still want to do Spartan. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was kind of it became interesting where we had such a short window, you know, to do races. So that's why I had to travel so much. I was like, why do you travel so much? Because it's like I don't have chances to race up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you have to do. And that's one of the reasons down here I love because pretty much you can hit a triathlon just about any weekend. And then you've got Spartan, you've got all the other ones. I was trying to think of the other races, but my brain Savage. That's one of the other ones. There's a few other race brands down here that we didn't have in Seattle. So because right. in Seattle, we got, I mean, Warrior until it died. Mm -hmm. I mean, Spartan, I guess, bought him, but has never done anything with him. And then... What's the other one? There's another one that used to come to Seattle, but doesn't. You had to go all the way to Portland because they quit going to Seattle. So it just got interesting to there wasn't a whole lot up there. But I mean, traveling's nice though. I love to travel, but it became expensive. Wow, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Do I work? Do I retire? What do I do here? Well, I guess I gotta keep working if I'm gonna keep racing. <laughs> yeah. And travel. Gotta find some way to like I said, we gotta yeah, find right. some way to become independently wealthy. <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep working on that. Yeah. It's been the, I keep hoping this podcast will take off and then I, you know, <laughs> be like Joe Rogan or something and just. Well, you got me on it now. So it's going on. I mean, there we go. It's going somewhere. We're yes. getting better. We're getting better. You know, yeah, no, that's, that would be amazing. That would be amazing just to be able to do the podcast and just like do it from my yeah. hotel room as I travel from race to race. Now that would be amazing. 
So that would be. Then I well, could have a better background too. Right? Keep following our dreams. Yeah. Keep you on it, Dawn. I need a background so that way we're not looking at. What am I looking at? What is it? It's a screen. Oh, I didn't even see that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's one of the. My son used to work at Regal. Yeah. And when they the last Scream movie came out, this was one of the stand-ins that they were supposed to put up in the theater. Okay. They didn't put it up. Oh, get so it. That's really cool. Once they like basically threw it in the back, and it was just like whatever. So he brought it home. Yeah, and we never had a place at the old house that was tall enough because it's nine feet tall. <laughs> that was tall enough, and in this my my new house, the the ceilings are tall enough, so I could put it up. So it's that's what sits behind me. But I also have a green screen I can pull up behind me and put a picture on it. But yeah, I keep giving Don crap to give me a picture for it. But otherwise, I get the the scream. That's that's pretty neat though. That's all right. It is. It's pretty cool <laughs> that I I got that. I got my my. Once I get the studio finally finished, but I keep coming in here and stewing like a couple minutes and then getting distracted. So yeah. the yeah. ADHD case kicks in. So no, I hear you there. Right on. Well, we're we're getting close to our the time limit that Don that puts me at somewhere. Look, I'm just looking at the time. Look how long you've kept me on here. Holy I know. Forty five minutes. We'll I can keep people talking long. for a while. Goodness. I'm good at it. Jeez. So, so hopefully, I mean, if you decide to do the death race, you got to let us know because that's going right. to be amazing. I so, because I'm going to want to follow along and figure out how well you do. Okay. So, if you see a, a tall guy that has a, a, it sounds British, but it's really a South African accent named Henry, <laughs> make sure and slap him for me. So, absolutely, no problem. I love Henry, but yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah, he he's part of the more heart than scars. He was the one usually pulling the the, the wheelchair through the whole okay. thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that was Henry. Oh, very so. nice. Yeah, he's a great guy, but he's doing the, I don't know if he's doing summer or winter death race, but he's doing at least one of them. So yeah, I don't know why I would pick the winter one. I don't know. Like how silly, yeah. right? What's, these are the things we do. What do I not yeah. want to do? The winter one. Why? So don't that's when you pick. That one? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's the mindset that we have. I think from yeah. doing Tough Mudder and all these things where we're like, what's the one thing that the, the thing that scares me the most and the wor one thing I never want to do. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. because it's it's an obstacle that's like if i if, if i'm afraid of something i need to do it and that's why i did you know when i finally did tough modern everyone's like you can walk around the, the shock and i'm like yeah but no i can't not no i can't because my i won't let myself because i need to do it and just find out you can right and that yep. feeling of getting over an obstacle what a feeling mm -hmm. oh it is amazing i think it changes your mindset on life too sure does <laughs> it does a little bit because you see people like once you've done it on the course, you see the same thing in life. Someone throws an obstacle in front of you instead of thinking, oh gosh, darn, and sitting down and giving up, you're like, okay, how do I get past this? Yeah. So it's amazing. It is. So, yeah. well, it's been amazing talking to you. Yes. Thank and then you. keep us up to date on what you're doing next. Sure will. Yeah. yeah it's always something. I say my life's never boring. I mean, it's always like there's daily obstacles all the time thrown at me. And that's what I said. You know, at least, hey, I'm not bored. I'm not bored. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it, it, it's like I keep telling everyone: if you, you know, if you you're putting obstacles in front of you and going forward, you're living. Yeah. So, yeah. As long as you're moving forward, you're alive. And that's that. That's what. That's my goal. Always yeah. forward. You betcha. So, all right. Well, thank you for talking to me, and I'll yes, talk to you soon. You, all right. Sounds good. Cheers. Right, bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. 
Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.